Good morning, IBC family. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Happens to be a beautiful day, but it is a beautiful day because the Lord has made it. And we, in fact, will be joyous and be glad in it. What a perfect situation. Is this perfect? For some of you who are going, no, it's not quite perfect. What else does it need? No smoke. Okay, Roger, no smoke. Good. So it's a little flaw, right? Something is not quite right. So it's not quite perfect. It's hard to find things that are exactly perfect. Even this, some of you have kind of got some sun on you, and you're going, oh, man, those people over in the shade, I'd like that. Thanks for braving the sun. Appreciate that. We have been talking about, in our series, attributes of God. And there are so many attributes of God. This morning, we're going to talk about his perfection. His perfection. God is perfect, and it seems like a duh. Yeah, he's perfect. But... Steve talked about and we sang about God's holiness. When we think of God's holiness, that word really means perfect. Because holy means no sin. No sin. That God is complete in his righteousness. There is no sin in him. That is his perfection. If we define perfection, it really means flawless, is one definition. And one way to look at perfection, it is flawless. I remember I was a kid playing marbles, always looking for the marble that was perfect. And I didn't want to use it because I didn't want to lose it. In baseball, there is such a thing as the perfect game. The perfect game. And a perfect game means that the Mariners do not allow anybody on the other team to reach base. The whole game, nobody reached base. That is the perfect game. And it is, in fact, the perfect game. If you take a test, sorry students, school's starting up here shortly and the tests are coming. And you will hopefully be shooting for the perfect score on a test that you take meaning you got every answer exactly right. That is perfection. That is perfect. When I was in first grade and working on penmanship, you all will remember the paper that had the three lines, the two bold lines and that dotted line in the middle. I've seen those ever since. My wife was a first grade teacher and they bring them home and there they are and it took me back. And nightmares begin, no. (laughs) One day, I made the perfect E. My teacher even circled it in red because it was so perfect. (laughs) It's funny how I remember that. If I were to see that today, I would probably go, hello. (laughs) She was very gracious to me. A jigsaw puzzle. When you put the jigpaw jigpaw puzzle. <laughs> 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 
When you put the puzzle together, there's nothing like the last piece, right? You got it all together, and there's a hole right there, and there's a piece that fits that hole. And it's an honor, whoever gets to place that last piece in the puzzle. Because now the puzzle is complete. And that, my friends, is another word for perfection, is complete. God is complete in his perfection. He is complete. He lacks nothing. In fact, if we consider all the words that we, that Pastor Aaron chose for us to study in our study of attributes of God, every one of those words screams of his perfection. The first Sunday that uh, Pastor Aaron started us off on that was God's infinitude. He's an infinite God. He's perfect. It's his perfection. We talked about his goodness. His goodness is perfect. His justice, his mercy, his immensity, his grace, his immutability never changes. All of these speak to his perfection. His completeness in his attributes speak to his perfection. Another indicator of God's perfection, his ways, God's way. And that's really where I want to focus this morning is God's ways. He is perfect in his ways. There's even a song we sing, he is perfect in all of his ways. I go, okay, where is that passage? Psalm 18. So if you open your Bibles, Psalm 18, we're going to read some verses here about our God and his perfection. Psalm 18, I'm going to read verses 1 to 3, and then 30 and 31. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And by the way, this exact psalm is found earlier in the Bible. I'll mention it later, and it's taken from uh, David's prayer, and then it's put right into the Psalms as well. Jumping to verse 30. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Hallelujah. That is our God. But before we dig into his ways and his perfect ways, let's talk about our ways, man's ways, because I think we need to understand really the contrast between our ways and his ways. What I'm going to bring to you all this morning is nothing new, but to think of it in this way for me has been very convicting, challenging, And inspiring for me, going, Lord, help me, (laughs) help me. But here we go. How about our way? The Bible tells us about what our way is like, and we all know what our way is like. I'm not going to dwell deeply on this. Romans 3 tells us, for as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one, no one understands, no one seeks for God. That is who we are in our natural state from the time that we are born in our humanness, before we are 
(laughs) saved by God's grace, before we are redeemed and rescued out of that place, we are completely lost. We do not seek God because we're spiritually dead. We do not have it in us to seek God. That is our way. Jeremiah 17, 9. Our heart, talk about our heart, is desperately wicked and sick. It is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? That is our heart. That is our way. You you know, many a time we say, boy, in my heart of hearts, I know this is true. I quit saying that. I just quit saying that. Because so many times I think I know this is the right thing. But I have learned I can't trust myself. I cannot trust myself. There are times I think I know this. I've got this. Sometimes it could be right, but sometimes I can be wrong. Even, (laughs) here's a silly example. You're walking down the street, and somebody's coming the other way, and you know their name. And you say their name, and you are dead wrong. Sue and I were on the streets of Manaus, Brazil. Fellow missionaries were coming up the sidewalk. Her name is Damaris. We're walking, and Sue goes, hi, Dorcas. The thing is, the beauty of that whole situation is she is so good with names, and I'm terrible. I loved it. Dorcas, I mean Damaris, didn't hear because there was so much noise and traffic and all that. We said our highs, greetings, uh, and they walked on. I looked at her and go, Dorcas? It was a triumphant moment for me. <laughs> okay, that's, that's brutal. And Sue knows because we to this day do that, talk about that. But the thing is, how many of you at times, even with a silly ex- illustration like that, you know what that person's name is and then you're so, bad, so wrong. And that's just a silly little example, but it speaks to even life decisions or big decisions, any kind of decision that we make, I know this is the right thing. How about directions? You're driving and you know you're supposed to go that way. And it's not right. We can't trust our own selves in our ways. Even for us who who are Christ followers, even for you Christ followers, we depend on the Lord and we look to the Lord to guide us. But... In Psalm 127, you know this verse, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It may be something, a task that we are doing that we've done a hundred times before and we've got this. This verse speaks to depending on the Lord and his way, not my way. Because we, to be honest, you all, cannot even trust our motives. Man, I just wanted to help that person. In the end, the reason I wanted to help that person was that I would look good. But in the moment, I really felt like it was genuine. And we can't really trust our own motives, our own ways. It's just kind of our state that we are in. Proverbs 14, 12 There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction or to death. 
Amazon River, three miles wide, where we lived, about 1,000 miles up from the mouth. The city of Manaus was upriver, about 25 miles, and the river flows about five miles an hour. And so when you come back from the city in a boat, you go down the middle because it's the best current. So that's where you come down the middle. I know of two occasions that friends were coming back from the city and a massive rainstorm hit. It was raining so hard and foggy, they couldn't see anything. And as they came, when the rain finally cleared, they discovered they had come and done a U-turn and were now coming up the other side, right along the bank. Two times that happened. Just totally lost their orientation. People who get lost in the woods. There's principles, right, that are taught about when you get lost, what not to do. Because we know over and over it has happened where people who are lost in the woods do what? Walk in circles. Yep, they just walk in a big old circle. They lost orientation and so forth. And in every situation, whether you're going down the river, where you're lost at night, and on a, I find that going on a body of water at night, and it may be a body of water that I know very well at night, I've lost all the, all the landmarks, all orientation is gone. In all of these cases, what we need is some intervention. We need guidance. We need something that will show us the way. In our imperfection, we need a perfect solution. Our imperfection is hopeless without an intervention of perfection. And so, let's take a look at perfection. Because we are lost. We can't count on ourselves We can't trust ourselves. We need something that is holy, that is perfect, that we can count on and trust and depend upon, and that is God's ways. And that's what it says in the verse that we just looked at. We'll look at it again. But Psalm 55, 8 and 9. Here is a well-known passage that really kind of lays it out for us. The backdrop of all, as we consider God's ways, our ways, his perfection, our imperfection. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, it's not even close. I have found it rather preposterous, you all, for us finite beings to try to describe an infinite God. Even in these traits, in these characteristics of who God is, his holiness, his love, all of these things, his perfection, we are his creation. We cannot fathom. We do not have the capacity to understand his perfection. It's kind of preposterous to even try. And yet in his word, he gives us information. He tells us about who he is because he wants us to know him, not just about him. He wants us to know him. His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. Thus says the Lord in Isaiah, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who leads you in the way you should go. 
This infinite God, this perfect God has said, hey, you imperfect creation, come with me. Now, God, when he created us, different story. Sin entered, fallen, changed everything. We became imperfect. But he says, I will, I will lead you. Just follow me. Psalm 48, or excuse me, Isaiah 48, 17. I just read that. Psalm 48, 14. This is our God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. In his perfection, he has extended the offer to guide us all of our lives. Think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, a teenager who is engaged. Angel Gabriel comes to her and says, Mary, you're going to have a child. And your child is going to be the son of God, the savior of the world. And then angel appears to Joseph too. If you put yourself in her place, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Humanly, this is impossible. It's ridiculous. So think about it in, this, in these terms. Our way as humans, no, that's not going to happen. God's way says it is going to happen. The impossible will happen because a perfect God said it will happen. And when a perfect God says, this is my plan, it will happen. We see further contrast in his creation. I love the passages, the last few chapters in Job. After Job, all the things happened to Job and his buddies were there and they're going, dude, repent. You did something wrong. And so they're trying to figure out what it is and so forth. And finally, I'm not going to read the whole thing, just a little piece. Job 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I'm going to question you and you made it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy and on and on and on, where God talks about his creation and going, man, who are you? And the contrast is so huge. How about his love? How about his love? Romans 8, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. (laughs) That's our perfect God. The ultimate demonstration of his perfection for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life that is our perfect God in his justice so we've talked about his justice his perfect justice and his perfect love and how they came together when he sent his son to die that is our perfect God So what is our response to that? What is our response as imperfect beings who worship a perfect God? 
Well, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with everything you've got. Psalm 1, 1 through 3, happy is the man who does not do these three things, but instead his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. In his law right here, his word, his way, his law is his way. That is a takeaway for us. This is the response. Lord, you are perfect. Why would I not trust you? I will trust you. How do I know you? Because I have your word, I have your law, I have your ways right here written. Plus we have the active Holy Spirit that allows us to understand and speaks and so forth. Jeremiah, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Psalm 86, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Seeking the Lord with everything that we have got. Jeremiah 6.16, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths right here. The ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Because my way does not bring rest to my soul, y'all. Your way does not bring rest to your soul. We see it all around us. People seeking ways to find rest for their soul, to find peace inside, to fill it up, and nothing fills it up, and nothing brings peace except for this, and walking in the ancient good way that God has given us because it's his way and it is perfect. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is, you all. He is. Does the Father truly love us? He does. Right? Does the Spirit move among us? And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those he loves? He does. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. does. This is his way. We sang those words. Because he is worthy. Because he is perfect. His ways are perfect. We can trust him. We can seek him. We can let him guide our life. We can know him. There's a difference between knowing him and knowing about him, right? Somebody has said, to know about God is to know his works. And when I think about knowing about God and knowing his works, I can't see the mountains right now, <laughs> but normally we can. We can see the mountains. We, we can see the ocean. We see evergreens. I, you know, I lived in Wisconsin for a year. And that year, right out of high school, I took the Greyhound bus from Wisconsin in the dead of winter for Christmas break to come back to Seattle. When we crossed the mountains, and it was just dead gray out there. Right, Pastor Aaron? Because you lived out there too. You know what that was like. 
Sorry, Green Bay Packer fans. It's just, it, it, in winter, it's nasty. But you come across the mountain, the pass, everything is green. It's like, Lord, this is your work. It tells us about him. We look and it gives glory to him, absolutely. In fact, the book of Romans t- tells us that, there, that we are without excuse because as we look around at nature, it reflects God's glory in his beauty in all of it. That tells us about him. But to know him is to know his way. Why? Why has he created this beauty? He didn't need the beauty. We've talked about this a lot of times. He doesn't need the beauty. He did that for us. He did it so that we would look at it and go, oh God, you are amazing. When we taste the food here in a little bit, that hot dog, that burger, that's so juicy, God doesn't need that. He created taste buds. He created flavors that when we have it, we go, oh, because God brings rain upon the righteous and the unrighteous. That is our good God. That's who he is. That's his love for us. His way is perfect. Spend time with him, talking and listening to him. Read and meditate on his word. By meditate, read it and think prayerfully. Lord, what does this say for me? What does this say about you? Who you are. And in the end, all you do is end up in worship of who almighty God is, especially in his perfect way. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Be in his word. Make it a habit of knowing him and his perfect way. Listen to and obey the voice of God because he is perfect in all of his way. He is perfectly trustworthy in all of his perfect ways. Whatever you are facing right now in your life, there are doubts, There's a cloud of pestilence, whatever it may be. It is fear, it is anxiety, it is great, whatever. He's got you. He's got you right here in the palm of his righteous right hand. His way is perfect. You can trust him. Mary said, okay. And we have her prayer. And she gave herself to the Lord and said, Lord, I trust you. This thing is ridiculous, it's beyond imagination, completely impossible, but I trust your way because your way is perfect. And she gave birth to the Savior of the world. You can trust his way. Whatever it is you're going through, put it into his hands. Trust him. This God, his way is perfect, The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. My brothers and my sisters, there may be some in here who are not yet brothers and sisters in Christ because you have not trusted in Jesus. I invite you to place your faith in what Jesus has done for you on the cross. God's great love demanded, his justice demanded payment for sin. And it was the separation, it was death. And he provided that through his son Jesus, who then exulted on the cross, victory over the grave, victory over sin, and a life of hope, of peace, of joy, with eternal hope that we have when we get to be with him forever. But not only then, but even now.
that we get to trust him, place our lives into his hands, (laughs) and live a life that is unspeakably great called the Holy Ghost train ride, just so you know. Let's pray. Lord, we entrust our lives to you. You are perfect in all of your ways. Lord, you are, as somebody has said, in control of the drama of our lives. You are sovereign. You are Lord. You love us. We are your creation. You have provided a way, Lord, that we would be in a right relationship with you, that we would be made right before a holy God when we are far from it. So we give you thanks. We give you praise. Lord, help us, even this day, even this week, and beyond, to trust you in your perfect way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.